Um, so I do send greetings from all of our, our family over at Northview Church across the pond, you know, across the pond, if you, several miles down the road there toward Taylorsville, and uh, my dad, Randall Burton. Um, my wife and two girls this morning are over there with them. If you're wondering, why don't they ever come with Eric? Well, they're, they're, they're ministering at that place over there at, the, at their home church. So we've got ministry and our family going out everywhere this morning. Amen. And that's the way it should be. Our, our children, our grandchildren, spouses, sons, daughters in the faith, we should all be spreading our wings, right, and, and doing work for the kingdom, not just doing stuff, but doing kingdom stuff. Hey, right? Because if we seek first the kingdom of God, all the other stuff will follow. Amen? And so this morning, um, I, I, want to, I want to preface this by saying, um, don't put your faith in me this morning. Because all I am, I'm just like, I'm like you. I'm a little um, um, dude from Midwestern United States. I come from the same place as you in Columbus. All I am is just a vessel for what God wants to do. And so you know that God can use you in the same way, but just a lot of times we don't allow him to, or we don't think that God can use us that way. So this morning, I don't want you to put your faith in me. I want you to put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that matters. Come on, somebody. He is the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. And he is everything that you need this morning. Not Eric Burton, not Pastor Andy, not anybody else. All you need this morning is Jesus. You put your faith, your trust, and your hope in him, and all these other things are going to come to you. Keep your eyes focused on him, and you can be healed this morning. And which brings me to uh, one other point. We talk about healing, Pastor Andy, and usually the first thing our minds go to is somebody getting physically healed. And that is part of healing. Understand, that's a part of healing, but that doesn't, that, that's not all of healing because healing is holistic. Body, mind, soul, spirit. Come on, somebody. Jesus, when he took those stripes on his back at Calvary, didn't just come to heal your body, but he came to heal your emotions. He came to heal your spirit to save your soul from hell so that you could be reconciled to him. Jesus came for the whole thing. When he came and died, he came for all healing. Amen. So this morning, you may be sitting there going, well, I... I feel pretty good. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I want you to examine all of your life this morning and ask yourself, let the Holy Spirit speak to you and, and let you know if there's anything that needs healed. And I can pretty much guarantee you that every one of us in this room has something that needs healed. That includes the pastors. That includes everybody. Me, because we are in this fallen world, we have been born into a fallen nature, and within this fallen world, since there has been sin introduced, there's been death that's been introduced, not just your body that needs healing, there's something 
that is, I'm sure, needs a healing, whether it be emotional, whether it be um, spiritual, whether it be physical, whatever the case is, I want you to be real with the Holy Spirit this morning. Can we be real this morning? Amen. Can we just be real with one another and be very honest? I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Malachi chapter 4. I'm not sure exactly how much of this I'm going to get into today, but the Lord was very nice to me and he let me know ahead of time at least a direction to go in. I was talking with Pastor Andy in the back before and um, he said, you know, be free and to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And I said, well, sometimes he tells me what to do ahead of time. And it's really nice to kind of have a direction going into it. And I said, sometimes I have no idea what I'm doing. And we're just, he doesn't say anything. He just says, just follow me and just do what I do. And pastor said, he said, is that one of those mornings? I said, well, I said, in some ways, I said, I do have a little bit of a direction this morning. So here, here it is. <laughs> um, by the way, before I get into this, just, just to let you know, just a little bit about who I am in case you want to Google me or something. Um, uh, our ministry name is Groundbreaker International. We've, uh, we've had this ministry, uh, itinerant ministries, for probably six or seven years now. I haven't really counted. But you can find us on our website, www.gbreaker.org. That's the letter G in the word breaker, B-R-E-A-K-E-R dot O-R-G. And at gbreaker.org, you can find out everything about our ministry, find out about our background. We've got a lot of things on there. Uh, YouTube, uh, you can connect to our YouTube channel. God has blessed this YouTube channel in ways that I thought, why are people watching this? This little skinny white kid from Columbus, Indiana. But last night, we hit 26,000 subscribers and counting. Amen. That's God. That's not me. Um, you know, our uh, a sister a while ago just just told me she said we just watched uh, uh, the five seven eight three the new five seven eight three Hebrew calendar video the other night and was really blessed by it and that that video has already got over sixty thousand views on it and so you know I'm sitting here going sometimes Pastor Andy why seriously I look in the mirror and I go why. But the Lord always reminds me that it's not you. It's the Spirit of God. You've yield, you just yield to the Spirit of God, and He does things that literally you would never be able to do within your own power. He draws you to people. He puts you in connections with the right people and the right timing in the right places. Sometimes I'll be in a place, I'll be in another country, I'll be in a, a state or, or preaching somewhere, and I'm looking around, I'm going, why? And literally, it's because of relenting to the Spirit of God, of staying in divine connection with Him on a 24-hour basis. You see, you can't separate your relationship with God into divisions. Come on, somebody. You can't divide your time up to where this is my time with God, and this is my time with family, and this is my time for myself. This is my time at work. It doesn't work like that. You see, all of those times should be blended in with your relationship with God. 
Well, it got quiet in here. I'm not sure why. But it, it, it nonetheless is the truth. Before I teach you about healing here in just a moment, understand that all of this comes through and by a constant relationship with Jesus. You know, even Christ said that I will do nothing, can do nothing except through the Father because he is God. Come on, somebody. Help me out here. Uh, so you've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three in one. But, see, even the Son says that I don't even do anything except through the Father. And so who are we to do anything outside of the Father? Outside of what God is doing. So that tells me that everything that we do every day, we do it with the Father. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm talking about when we go to Walmart, somebody say hallelujah. We need Jesus. When we go to school, we need Jesus. When we go to work, we need Jesus. And so it's not this thing where we pull him off of a shelf and say, ah, I need you for a moment, Lord. No, it's this it's more of a relationship where you really believe that he's with you all the time, that he lives on the inside of you, that you become a carrier of the glory of God. You become a carrier of his presence. And so it literally everything that I do surrounds around him. He's there all the time. And you begin to have an awareness for him. And I think that's where the body of Christ has missed it for a long time, is that we go through life many times and we'll come to church on Sunday mornings and or Wednesday nights or a weekly, whatever, and that's great. And we might have a little Bible study time every morning, and, and that's fine too. But the problem is, is outside of those designated times, we lose our awareness for him. How can we pray without ceasing? The Bible talks about pray. How do you pray without ceasing? You can literally not live life without, uh, with praying without ceasing the way that we know it. You know why? Because you have to eat or you'll die at some point. You have to get a drink of water or you'll die. You have to sleep at some point. How do you pray without ceasing? It's a constant awareness of the presence of God. Everything that you do, there's many times where I will just be walking along and I'll just say, oh, oh Lord, look at the price of the gas, God. What do you think of that? It, I mean, it sounds funny, but that literally, it just becomes, it becomes a real relationship. Oh, that just clicked with somebody. I felt that. It, it, you see, it's not a set of rules or guidelines that you follow. It, it becomes a relationship. Just as a relationship with your spouse sometimes isn't the deepest thing in the world. You could be driving along in the car and just know that they're there. Just be with them. We make this thing a lot harder than it has to be many times, and, and, and it's really not that difficult. So if you wonder why this little skinny white boy from Columbus, Indiana, you know, God is using, well, God can use you too, the same way. But you have to be willing to go the extra mile with Jesus. You have to be willing to 
let the rest of yourself die and understand that all these other things are just not nearly as important as you thought they were. Amen. Moving on. Malachi chapter 4. I'm going to read this. Um, I want to read this out of the New Living Translation, but I'm going to keep the uh, King James right on hand, okay? So some of y'all religious folk that get flipped out, oh, he's not using the right translation. Well, look, I read them all. All right, I even read the original version that's in the original language, all right? So it's important to do. And uh, I do have some Hebrew for you this morning. So some of you that like to enjoy the, the Hebrew, you're going to learn some of this hopefully today. Uh, so Malachi chapter 4, verse, I'm going to read two verses, 1 and 2. And this is what it says. Remember, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament that, that was in the Old Testament. The Lord of heaven's armies says... The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. And on that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But watch verse 2 here. But, somebody say but. For you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Somebody say, the son of righteousness, son of righteousness. is Jesus Christ. Now, for you, those of you who don't know, this is the Old Testament, so there was no Jesus born yet in the natural. So this is a prophecy that would be fulfilled in the New Testament. And it, says, it goes on to say, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. I want you to zero in on the phrase healing in his wings because there's a lot of interesting things right here packed within that small phrase healing in his wings. And I want to look at even closer one word there and that is the word healing. The word healing there is used twice in the Old Testament, and it's the word marpe. Marpe. And it literally means a medicine or the cure. I want to talk to you this morning about who the cure really is and what that really means. Because Many times we get this idea, uh, the, these funny ideas about Jesus and the way that he does things, but I want you to know that there's more in the word of God even than just what you see in the English language. It goes a whole lot deeper than that. So what I want to do right now is I want to break this scripture down, but I'm going to start with the word marpe, which means the cure, and I'm going to... Uh, the, 
totally break this down for you and show you the meaning of each letter and how it blends together. Now, something that you've got to understand about the Hebrew language, and I'll just go over this very quickly, is that the Hebrew language is a lot deeper than the English language or really any language on the earth. And the Hebrew language is the language that the Old Testament was written in. If you didn't know that, New Testament was written in Greek. Some of the Old Testament uh, uh, was written in Aramaic, but most of it was written in Hebrew, ancient Hebrew. And so um, when I tell you these letters, understand that everything has symbolic meaning. If you could liken it to any other language on the planet Earth, it would be the chemical language. Why is that? Because numbers and letters correlate. It actually, if you deconstruct the chemical language, it tells you literally what, it, what, what you're saying. So if I said uh, H2O, what's that mean? How do you know that that's water? Well, because you have two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, right? Did I get that right? Sometimes I flip it. H2O. Hydrogen is the H symbolizes hydrogen. We know that. And then it gives you how many parts of hydrogen, which would be two. And then you have oxygen, the oxygen atom, and one part of that. And so if you deconstruct that, we understand literally what water is. It's two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Put them together, and you have this substance we call water. So the Hebrew language is much like that. There's numbers and letters that correlate to it. And if you break down these, these letters and these words, we find an infinite amount of, of possibilities there because every Hebrew letter is a, is a building block. The Jewish sages will tell you that they are the building blocks of creation. So when God spoke the world into existence, he didn't say H2O, come forth. He didn't say water came forth. He's, I believe that the Lord used the word ma'im because the word ma'im is constructed of three letters, two mims and a yod in between. Why is that important? Because the mim is a letter of water. It literally means waves. It has a lot of other connotation I'm going to show you in just a minute. So you've got one mim on the end and one mim at the, at the beginning and a yod in between. What is the yod? Well, the yod is a picture of a hand. So I'm just giving you a real quick little lesson here, a little demonstration of why the Hebrew is important, okay? And so you've got two waves of water. You've got the closed end, uh, the closed end mem on one side, and at the other end, you have the open mem. And the in between that, you've got the yod or the hand, or even more specifically, it could be called the hand of God. Now, there's a whole lot of symbology in there that I don't have time to get you to. But if you think about it, what is water? It's the, it's the seas, it's the waves. But right in the middle is this hand that reaches down. Do you know the Bible says that God's hand stirs the seas? Come on, somebody. God is the one, if you want to know what, what the seas are, what water is, God's hand is the one that's moving. It always mesmerizes me when I go to the beach because I see those waves. I'm like, what is making that really happen? It's the hand of God that moves the waters, that moves the seas. And so this is just a little bit, just a, a quick little thing to just show you the importance, the building blocks. What is water? It literally, the word ma'im shows us, it's the waves of the seas. 
whole big science lesson with that. I don't have time to get into it. Sorry. But what I really want to show you, now that you understand why the Hebrew is important, I want to show you what the cure or the medicine means here in, in the, the scriptures in the book of Malachi. The word marpeh is made up of four Hebrew letters. It's the letter mim that I just talked about. It's the letter resh. It's the letter peh. And it's the letter aleph. Now, let's, let's talk about, we just talked about the mim. Let's talk about uh, the resh for just a moment. Now, the resh is a picture of a man that's bent over in humbleness. And the resh actually means impoverished. Now, it, it's kind of a weird thing. Why in the world would God's language have a letter that means poverty or impoverished? Well, it's not impoverished like I don't have anything, but it's more like uh, an awareness that I need something. Does that make any sense to anybody? Now, the Raish, with it being a man with his head bent over, the, the original pictograph is the back of a man's head. And so the Raish also means head, which is where you hear the word Rosh Hashanah. How many of you know what that means? It's the beginning of the Hebrew calendar year that's coming up in September. Rosh begins with the letter Rosh, which means the head. The word Rosh means head. Hashanah is the year. So Rosh Hashanah is the head or the beginning of the year. Okay? And so we have the Rosh, and it has to do with the head or the mind. So when you think something and you believe it, Okay, it has to do with the mind. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I'll put it all together. I promise you, if you're sitting there scratching your head like, Pastor Andy, seriously, what's this kid talking about? I, I will put it together, I promise. Now, let's, let, let's talk about the pay for just a moment. Now, the pay has to do with speech and vocalization. We are actually in the decade right now on the Hebrew calendar of the letter pay. And so the pay is a picture of a mouth. And on the inside of a mouth, there's another Hebrew letter, the Yod, that I just talked about, and it forms the tongue. So <laughs> there's this whole cool thing in this, all right? I, I, I got to tell you this, because we're talking about healing, and we're talking about speaking things that are not as though they are, right? All right, so what's the Bible say? Where is the power of life and death held? In the tongue. So within our mouths, we have the power to speak things out to speak things that are not as though they are, all right? So if you're thinking about this, when God spoke the world into existence, he used his mouth. Come on, somebody. He spoke into existence. Now, if you look at the Hebrew word bara, it's the word create. So the Bible says that barashi, in the beginning, Elohim created Bara. In the beginning, God, Bara, he created the heavens and the earth. How did he create it? He spoke it with his mouth. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Jewish rabbis will tell you this, that on the inside of the letter bait, which begins the word create or created, Bara, there is a hidden letter of the, uh, uh, all right, so, the letter pay, rather, let me back up. The letter pay has a hidden letter within inside of it, and it is the letter bait, which begins the word 
bara, or to create. So I kind of messed that up for you. I'm sorry if I confused you. All right, let me just let me go over it again because I, I, I kind of went backwards. The letter pay, which is the mouth to speak things that are not as though they are, inside of that letter, there is a hidden letter, which is the letter bait, which begins the word bara, or to create. So within the mouth, there is a power to create. <laughs> and how many of you know that within that letter pay that forms the tongue is the hand, the yod? Now, it's interesting because the yod also has a represent, the representation of fire. So if you look at the letter yod, it literally means the fiery hand of God. So within our mouths, we are created in the image of God. Amen? On the inside of your mouth, right here on your face. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, look at your face. Now look at that mouth of theirs. Isn't it beautiful? Because it has the power on the inside of it to create the power of life and death literally is hidden on the inside of your mouth so that when you speak it out, it will come to fruition. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you need to give the Lord some praise over that. But now here's the thing. You can talk all you want, but not believe it. People talk idly all the time and they don't believe what they're saying because it's not bathed in faith. That's where the resh comes in. The, uh, in this word marpe here, you have the resh right before the pay because before you speak it, you have to believe it. Your mind will and emotions have to come into agreement. Come on, somebody. Your spirit leads, not your emotions, not your mind, but your spirit leads because it's connected to the spirit of God. And that when your spirit leads, it bypasses the mind. Come on. It doesn't matter what you know in the natural realm. It doesn't matter that you've been diagnosed, diagnosed with stage four cancer. It doesn't matter that you got a broken leg. It doesn't matter that you just had a divorce. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like in the natural because we don't live by sight we live by faith when we live by faith it bypasses the natural mind the race and it goes much deeper into an awareness of God in the spirit you see, I just talked about the awareness. The race is all about awareness, being aware of your true need. And our true need is from the Father. We need Him. So, putting that together, so we've got the mim, which is waves of water, which is really weird for the word to cure. I'm going to explain that here in a moment. And then we have the race, an awareness for our true need of God. The head, the chiefest of things, and we've got to put our heads into alignment with the will of God. And we have to do that by letting the Spirit of God overturn all the decrees of the enemy. All of the battlefield of the mind has to be overturned. And then when we have that faith, you actually believe that God is going to do what he says. Then... Out of your mouth, 
Out of your pay comes the power to create, to speak life and death. So that when Jesus walked in, uh, when he would walk into a situation where someone was already dead, when he walked to the tomb of Lazarus, he didn't walk up and go, boy, I hope I can do this. Mm. Boy, this guy's been dead and I've been, I was late getting here and, and, and you notice that Jesus didn't walk into the tomb and touch Lazarus. Jesus spoke life because he is life. He is, come on somebody, and then if you've got Jesus, you've got the spirit of God on the inside of you, guess what that means? Life is on the inside of you. Then you project that life out of your mouth, out of the orifice that God created for you to do that. Some of y'all think it's just for eating. Some of y'all think that your mouth is for eating and gossiping and talking about football. Your mouth has a purpose much greater than what we use it for. Your mouth is used to create. God made us in his image, so we are made to create, to speak things into existence. Say, brother, that sounds like new age. Well, you need to go read your Bible because that's what it says. That, that we have the opportunity, the power, the kowak to create the power of life and death is held in the tongue. I can just sit there and preach on that all that long. And then the final letter in this word marpe or the cure is the letter Aleph. Now, I think I, I might have talked about this last time. I was here, but I'll briefly go through it just in case some of y'all weren't here. But the Aleph is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. The Aleph is made up of three other letters because it's so cool because the Hebrew, and Pastor Andy knows this, is made up like one letter is made up of a bunch of other letters. So it's literally infinite. Why? Because the Word of God is infinite. It's eternal. So... The, the Aleph is made up of three other letters. It's a Vav with two other Yods. Now, here's the cool thing about it. Think about it. This is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. The Yod is a hand, right? It's represented of a hand. You have two hands in the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph. One hand is at the bottom and it's pointing up. The second hand is at the top reaching down. There's a gap in between those two hands. Now, Jewish rabbis, if you ask them about this, it's so cool because it's representing the hand of man at the bottom and the hand of God at the top. Because you see, at the time of creation, when, uh, when God reached down his hand and form man out of the dust of the earth. It was a representation of God reaching his hand down to his creation that is completely reaching up, dependent upon him. We're, we are completely dependent upon him. 
We can do nothing. I can do no healings today. You know why? Because it's not me. It's the hand of God. I can do nothing without him. I can't live a day. I can't breathe another breath if it weren't for the power of God and his creative power. So there's a, there's a problem there because it's a picture of the time of creation. The hand of man is reaching up in dependence on the hand of God. But you see, what happened was there was a chasm that happened in between there. The fall of man, it was already prophesied. Think about this for a moment. It's crazy. So literally what God is creating, he already knows what's going to happen, what already happened, what will happen, what is happening because he's eternal. And so within that, here's the prophetic picture. The gap between the hand of man and the hand of God is sin that entered the world through the fall of Adam and Eve. So there's a problem there. But let me tell you about the Vav. Because the Vav is a picture of, uh, well, (laughs) It's a picture of of a spike, like a spike. Come on, somebody. And it also means uh, to come down. And it's the number six, which is the letter of man. So you have this picture of a man coming down in the form of a spike. And, 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 it means and. Seriously, it's a connection letter. And so anything that you see uh, the Vav in, it means the word and, A-N-D. It, it connects the former thing to the latter thing. Now, Jewish rabbis will tell you that this Vav is actually a picture of what held the tabernacle curtains to the tabernacle. So it was the spike that held, oh, somebody prophetic out there needs to get this right now. Let me put all of it together for you. You got the hand of man, the hand of God. They're reaching for one another. There's a gap in between, but there is a man that came down, received the spikes in his hands and feet so that we can be reconciled and connected back to our creator. His name is Jesus Christ. And he's literally hidden right here But y'all didn't even know that. Right here within the book of Malachi when it says the cure is coming with healing in his wings. So let's put this word together for a moment. Marpe, okay, Marpe, beginning with that letter men, that's when we wanted to go back to the men. Because remember I said it, it meant like waves of water. It literally is a picture of water. Goodness, there's so many things jumping out. So much Bible. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, because the Jewish, Jewish rabbis will tell you this. This is crazy because they don't even realize they're preaching Jesus. And they will get on my YouTube channel and they will say, you can't mix the Nazarene with the, the word of God. It doesn't mix. I'm like, you're stupid. I'm sorry. You've got to be absolutely, your eyes have to be veiled to that degree because how can you not see this? How can you not see all of the symbolism that you're telling me? 
completely points back to Jesus the Nazarene. How many of you remember in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 8.22, speaking of water or liquid, where it says, is there no medicine in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why is there no healing for the wounds of my people? You see, the healing balm of Gilead was a perfume ointment or a liquid that was used medicinally that was produced in the region of Gilead. So Marpe, or the cure, looks like this when you construct it all together. Marpe is the liquid or the ointment in which you believe, the race, you speak with your mouth, and God reaches down to restore our wounds. Oh, that's it. That's literally what the cure means. That's literally it. And do you know something else interesting? There's a root word to the word marpe, and it's the word rafa. Which is where we hear the name Jehovah Rapha in Exodus 15. And oh my gosh. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord Rapha that healeth thee. So think about this for a moment. The passage in Malachi prophesies about Jesus. He's the cure. He has all that you need. He is the son of righteousness. And it says that the son of righteousness will arise with Marpe or the cure in his wings. Now you want to go, you want, you all about ready to shout in here? Okay, all right, yeah, all right, here we go. What does the word wings mean? I'm just saying. So Jesus is prophesied in the book of He's would come with the cure, the medicine. He would come down with the medicine in his wings. Odd word selection. Let's look at the word wings for a moment, though. The Hebrew word wings is the word kanaf. It's the uh, the kof, the noon, and the fe, which is the pay. But it's in a different form. The word wings here, it can actually literally mean wings. That's one meaning for it, but you gotta look a little bit deep, deeper. An alternative meaning to that word, kanaf, here would mean an extremity of a skirt or a garment. So Jesus was prophesied to come with the cure, even down to the edges or the hems of the garment. I wanted to bring my tallit with me today, but I couldn't find it, Pastor. But Jesus was a Jew. Did you all know this? He wasn't a white guy. He was a Jew. <laughs> and he was more than likely wearing what the Jewish people called a tallit. Now, a tallit is, you've seen them probably before, it's a Jewish prayer shawl, okay? 
On the outer edge of the prayer shawl are tassels that hang down from the garment. And the tassels could be different colors, but at least one of the tassels have to be blue according to the customs dating back to Moses' day in Numbers 15, 37 through 39. And God tells the Hebrew people to dye the corners of the garments blue. Remember that? So um, it, I, I'm not going to go through all of the significance of the blue right now, but here's what I want to show you. When you look at the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that Jesus was pressed by the crowd and that there was a woman that activated her faith by pushing harder than the crowd was pushing. And when she reached out, she likely touched the strings of his tallit or the hem of his garment. Because the Bible says that she reached out to touch the hem of his garment. So within that, Jesus fulfilled the passage of scripture in the book of Malachi that said that the son of righteousness, the son of God, would arrive with the cure and it would be even down to the edges of his tallit. Even to the edges of his garment. I want to tell you something today. For those of you following this, well over 400 years passed after the book of Malachi was written and the gospels were written. It was prophesied that the son of righteousness was coming. He was carrying the cure or the marpe for sin, sickness, and death. And he would carry the cure to such fullness. Somebody say fullness. That even the extremities of his clothes would fulfill the prophecies. And all we have to do is reach out to touch him. Many of you are waiting on Jesus to touch you. You've been waiting for years saying, well, he hasn't touched me yet. He hasn't touched me yet. My healing isn't here. It must not be time for me to get saved. It must not be time for me to get healed up. It must not be time yet. I want to tell you something today. It's time to stop waiting for Jesus to slap you with his hand and you need to pull on his robe. Get his attention and let him know you want him. We have to be intentional with our faith and understand that he came with healing in his wings, but if you don't apply your faith and you don't activate it with your actions... And with your mouth, then you might as well, you're wasting the healing balm of Gilead. Just like the woman with the issue of blood today. Somebody needs to get desperate for Jesus. Not just desperate for healing, but you need to be desperate for Jesus. You just need Jesus. And it's time that you stop waiting on him to slap you. And my God, somebody this morning needs to run up and just touch the edge of his garment. If I could just touch his strings, it would happen. Well, I want to tell you something today. God is speaking to somebody here. And he's saying, if you'll pull my string, I'll do my thing today
I didn't come to you today to impress you. Uh, I didn't come to you today to give you anything except for Jesus Christ. What are your intentions with my Lord today? What are your intentions? Did you come to activate your faith in him? Did you come to mess around at the altars of God and to play games with him? Because there was a judgment that was prophesied over the, uh, the Egyptians right before that passage of Scripture, right in verse 1 there. Those who do not have faith in the Lord, God is a loving God. He's a graceful God. But we forget about the judgment of God. There's other characteristics to him other than just God loves you and you can do whatever you want to do. We've got to align ourselves to his will. And the only way to do that is to be reconciled through Jesus Christ, through his shed blood. Some of you came specifically today for healing in your body. And that's great. We will get to that. But before I get to that point to even, I believe the Lord's speaking right now and says there's somebody or somebody's in here it's not about a physical healing. It's about a spiritual healing because there may be people in here that are going to hell because you don't have a relationship with him. Now, most people would say, well, brother, you need to do the physical healings first because it's going to be assigned. I'm doing what God tells me to do. And Right now, you don't even have to be convinced because God, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. He's tugging at your heart, saying it's time to get it right. And so there's no reason to wait around to get things right because God wants you. And all you need to do is call on his name and you will be saved. So... What I want us to do right now, if we would, can we all stand up in this place? Did you, did you get anything out of my rambling today? Yeah. Um, praise God.